welcome back to uh, another edition of uh, Between Two Pastors is what we called it last time. Uh, we'll call it Between Two Pastors Quarantine Edition. The six uh, feet the, between us. <laughs> yeah, the six feet between us. Um, the furthest six feet in the world. Uh, Matt and I started recording this downstairs on separate ends of a very long table. Yeah. So that worked out pretty well because yeah. we are not breaking... Yeah. Uh, the rules that have been uh, that have been we've been asked to follow. I like to call it foresight, but yeah, maybe coincidence. Um, so, as always, I am your host Ed, and this, as always, is my trusty sidekick. I'm Matt, my quarantine partner. <laughs> um, we uh, we are able to continue working here um, by doing a few things, but we have been. Uh, we have been following some very strict uh, social distancing guidelines. Uh, we've had we have tape marks throughout the building that actually tell people where to stand depending on where the other person's standing. Yeah. And um, but uh, I I had been working quite a bit for the last for a while. It hadn't been a lot of 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 time at home. Yeah. And uh, and so I took yesterday and was at home and was just sharing with Matt how, how well that went. Yeah. And, uh, about as good as I think you can expect. <laughs> I was, let's just say I was going to try to be there for two days Yeah. and here I am. So I made it one day, Yeah. but uh, my kids are successfully training Ellie and I, uh, to let them watch TV all day. And the way they do this is by, they've gotten together and decided um, okay, let's just make them miserable whenever the TV's not on. Yeah. And they will associate, like Pavlov's dogs, Pavlov's dogs, they will associate the TV being off with us making their lives miserable and the TV being on with us being angels. And therefore, they will find themselves unable to stop from just turning the TV on again and again and again. Yeah. So, sadly, my kids are in charge. Yeah. Uh, my kids are going to bed increasingly early. Uh, these nights, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, don't yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any correlation there. I believed Matt the first two times that he said his kids got into a bottle of melatonin, but <laughs> the third time it's like, I don't know, Matt. This keeps happening. This keeps happening. <laughs> Maybe so. we should stop leaving it with the cap off next to their bed. I don't know. Yeah, next yeah. to their bed, <laughs> yeah. you know, with a sign that says candy in yeah. case they can read. Yeah. The, uh, no, to all of you, uh, to all of you out there who are home with kids. Uh, our our deepest prayers are for you. Uh, if you're not, maybe if you're not normally home th- this much with kids, yeah, because it's a tough adjustment. It's rough, yeah. And of course, we're speaking of the dads who are uh, who are maybe having to spend an extra couple hours a week at home, yeah. because of this. Yeah, that must be a really hard adjustment for you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. not the moms. No, the moms love it. it. They yeah. love every minute of it. Yeah, they love it. Um, <laughs> So uh, on this podcast, uh, we uh, generally review uh, the sermon from the, the, the week before, and we talk about a little bit of extra material. And uh, this week we ended our sermon series, and it was a bit of a different service. Would you say so, Matt? Yeah, it, it was not a packed house. So It was not. <laughs> you, you know... It was an unpacked house. No, it's always... <laughs> You always be able to say, you know, you know, James is so convicting. And I remember the time that we started a series on it. We had by the end of it, we had nobody we had there, nobody in the room. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jake wasn't even there. Yeah. You know, like yelling at me. Yeah. Um, but we did. Um, 
we did wrap up our series in our in our online service that we uh, that we put out there for everybody. Hopefully, you all got a chance to see that. We started our new series in Acts on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and probably tomorrow I'm going to start reading. I'm going to sit down and really give Acts. You're going to read it for the first time. For the first time, yeah. I mean, what a unique perspective I'm going to give, and I'm only going to read one chapter. <laughs> I don't know where this thing is going, but <laughs> I gotta tell you right now, it's not looking good. Yeah. I would not start it. I would not set things up this way. Uh, they're really gonna. They're gonna. God help them. Is what, I was yeah. gonna, is what I was gonna call the series. God help them. Man, this soul guy. He's the worst. Yeah, boy. I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you. Good villain. Yeah. They're establishing the villain character. Yeah. Early. Hope they don't kill him off early. <laughs> and so, uh, really apart from just reviewing what we said on Sunday, I think there is a lot to say just about what we, um, this whole series, what we've covered. So worldly wisdom comes from uh, sort of life experience and other people. Godly wisdom comes from God himself. Mm -hmm. uh, And you get it by asking for it. And you don't just accumulate it by naturally. But James says, you know, if you're going to ask for it, then you need to believe and uh, know that and not doubt, meaning you need to not look around everywhere else for wisdom. Yeah. So this idea of like, how do you develop your thoughts about things? How do you mm-hmm. develop what you believe about things? Well, what is your take on things in life going to be? Does it come from God, you saying, God, give me wisdom to understand what you want here? Or does it come from something else? And I'm curious, Matt, this is honestly the thing that I find myself the most curious about. What do you think influences your ways of thinking and sort of your, the wisdom that you are prone to live your life by. What, where are you most likely to look for that? Yeah. In, in places other than. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah. yeah. In, 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 if you weren't, if you weren't asking God for godly wisdom, yeah. because I think the idea that James is addressing is, it doesn't seem to be a very natural thing for a lot of people. Yeah. It seems to be like we we ask God for wisdom, but then we really go and look for it in these other places. Yeah. yeah. Where are the other places you go look for it? Yeah. You think? Yeah, I I think you know, I, even thinking back, you know, ten fifteen years ago, I, I can see through my life at different times, different places I've gone to, whether um, the uh the opinions of people around me uh social media that sort of thing i can see times and places where that influenced my thinking uh, on things uh, probably more than it should have um teachers uh, people i looked up to um uh places of information uh news sources uh uh people that um would give opinions to those things i i, I think now if I'm prone to go anywhere other than God, it's, it's with people that are close to me that I have a high opinion of because I see wisdom being worked out in their life on a daily basis. And, and I'm, so I'm literally blushing right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think that there are, so it's still people's opinions. And yet for me now in this place in my life, it's a very small group of people's opinions. And um, it's because, not because of necessarily a position they hold or, or that sort of thing, but because I've seen them in situations uh, 
employ wisdom in their life. Um, you know, and also I, I think with most of the people in my life too, I, I see them doing it in a godly way, but, um, I am prone to go to those people. Like when I'm not going directly to God for wisdom and I probably don't, I, I definitely don't do that as much as I should as my first, um, resort. Um, I go to this small group of people. I have certain people I always tend to reach out to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you? So I don't know if I'm unique in this way. I've never had something that was like a, like a media type thing that I just, you know, I, I, yes, like they, they are a trustworthy source. Whatever source. that person says, that's my view on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never had much trust in any kind of like public, yeah. um, you know, expression of like the way things are so whether it's like a cable news company regardless of which one you watch whether it's like a political party whether it's a um like stuff on the internet news things like that i mean ellie was telling me about an article yesterday she's like did you i was reading this article and she said and it says like you know it was like you know you know warning from surgeon general mm -hmm. like things are going to get very bad and mm -hmm. i was like duh like <laughs> Oh, wait a second. I thought a pandemic was where everybody just stops working. Yeah. I didn't know that there was like a sickness that comes after. <laughs> like, yeah. and I was telling her, like, I think sometimes I think the news is like written for people who just are like, what? <laughs> really? Like it's going to, tomorrow's going to happen. Not yeah. just, there was just one day of this life that yeah, I lived. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. I forgot about yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I feel like that sometimes about the news. Like it's, it's kind of obvious things or it's just whatever. But um, I would say that basically uh, seek wisdom like I'm a wise person so whatever I think yeah. that's wisdom I, I think there's just like an arrogance and a pride that like you can tell that I seem to feel like I have to figure everything out on my own mm. and if I don't then yeah it's not like God's gonna give it to me mm -hmm. I have noticed that right now we are extra internet addicted it's still generally the place it seems that most people are going to understand whatever the heck is going yeah. on and not just to get news about it it's one thing to get news about it. It's another thing to be like, what should I think about this? I think it is like people trying to gauge what should my reaction be? And, you know, we're, we're all in this unprecedented place of never having, you know, gone through something to this extent. Um, and so we just don't know how to react. So we're looking to other people for, well, how are they reacting? And I think it's why you see a lot of, you know, um, a lot of stuff like, you know, toilet paper and everything. Obviously, people need those things. But, you know, when someone else buys a bunch of stuff, you know, start thinking, well, should I be doing that too? I mean, if they're doing that, am I am I missing something here? And that's how, you know, this stuff kind of just gets out of control. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I think the, the tendency is to, in trial and suffering, recognize that we need, um, well, okay, so the way James lays it out in the letter is there's two ways to handle suffering. The first is you run away. Mm -hmm. You just say, get me out of here as fast as I can, which is what most of us do. Yeah. Um, most of our prayer requests are end this, yeah. stop this, yeah. get it to go away. Yeah. Increasingly creative ways of doing that. And then uh, the other way to handle it is to persevere, mm -hmm. which is to be patient. And, and he then says the only way to persevere is to have wisdom, which mm -hmm. gives you understanding to get, have any idea what's going on around you. Yeah. So 
if you want to understand what's going on around you, then you're going to need to ask God for the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is by praying. And so then prayer comes in as, you know, this incredibly important thing. Prayer is a hard thing to talk about because there's a lot of, I would, I think there's a lot of, well, okay. I might be presuming too much here. Um, It feels to me as though there can be a lot of guilt associated with prayer because there are the people that, are very happy about their prayer life and they feel that they are maybe even an example of a good prayer life Mm -hmm. or they just feel really good about how much they talk to God. I love talking to God. I talk to God all the time. It's the greatest thing ever. And it really truly is a source of life. And then there's the people who are like, I really struggle to pray. I struggle to do that. Yeah. Um, I've struggled to pray myself, which is why I tend to relate to the people who struggle to do it. Yeah. But I've never lost this, oh, man, I really see the value, the need to pray. Um, how, um, how, good are, how good are you at praying, Matt? Oh, I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I, I struggle to pray as well. I, th- I think there's some guilt tied up into it. Um, I, I've actually been thinking about this quite a bit the last few weeks as we've been wrapping up James. And that is, why don't I go to God and ask God for more wisdom in my life? And I, I think there's also, at least for me, there's a, there's always this feeling of, I see people that I see as wise. I see people that I know, or I at least have this idea that they, they pray and their, their, their life is a life of prayer. And I think I can never be that or have that or do that. That's not me. I'll, I'll never have that. So I, I think with going to God and asking for wisdom, I think, my tendency is to think, well, what's the point? Why should I, I, I don't have that capacity to be that wise. And so, and I think that feeds into my tendency to look to that close group around me and, and, and ask them for wisdom. Cause I'm like, well, there's no way that God could give that. Um, all right. So Matt, my question for you is this, uh, uh what do you think has been the most helpful what have been some of the more helpful things for you when it comes to trying to spend more time in prayer? Yeah. Because you know that you need it. You just know that you're prone to not make the time for it. Yeah. Um, I would say actually one of the most fruitful times of my life uh, of prayer was uh, right after we got married. Uh, I was living about 45 minutes from campus. And so I had a pretty good commute every morning uh, into school. And uh, I, I was just stressed out all year long and, uh, so I just decided that instead of listening to talk radio, music, even music, anything, I was going to turn the radio off and pray the whole way uh, into school. And um, it, it was beneficial not just because I set that time aside and I had that time every day, but also because I got out of the routine of thinking that I had to pray in a certain way and I just started talking to God. And I just started telling him what was on my mind. I started telling him what I was thinking about things. And uh, it became very conversational with God. And so I, I've actually found myself trying to get back into that habit. Um, you know, I've, I've only got like a 15-minute drive into work now. But um, of doing that more where I'm not listening to a podcast, although it's a great time to be able to listen to podcasts. And I usually am listening to something um, really church related as far as those things go, but really just saying, you know, this is going to be time where I don't even 
pray because I think having grown up in the church a long time, you know that there's like a prayer language. There's like a way people talk and a way that people pray. And and if you've been in the church from as long as I have my my entire life, you kind of just it kind of gets ingrained into you. It's hard to get out of like this is how prayer is supposed to sound. And to get back to a place where you're really just talking to God and sharing what's on your heart and not trying to think of how am I going to say it, but just saying what's there. And so um, I've found that that's been a really good because I'm focused on something else. So I, I, it's just really it just becomes this really natural like I don't have time to fluff this up. I don't have time to think about like what I should say. I'm just going to tell you what is going on in my heart and my soul and my mind. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you carve the time out and say, I'm going to pray regardless of what I think there is to pray about, it becomes more conversational yeah. because you just know this isn't about, you know. It's like going on a date with your wife, and if you guys have already been able to talk about stuff, and you're like, so what are we going to talk about? And you just start talking about anything that comes to mind. And before you know it, a couple hours have passed, and you've talked about all this other different stuff. And uh, you kind of went into it and you're like, I don't know what we're going to say tonight. Like I, no, there's no big pressing thing or whatever. I, I think so. that um, one of the misunderstandings about prayer is that in order for it to be a real thing between you and God in a relationship, it has to be spontaneous. It yeah. can't be scheduled. Yeah. Um, and that somehow that's how relationships with people work. And so you need to be like that. But what you realize is, you know, I, I've once heard a pastor say that, you know, if you wanted to spend time with your kid, um, you can't you can't schedule a relationship with a kid. You can't say, let's make sure that we spend an hour together every week and we'll just make sure to do all the important stuff in that hour. Because to have a relationship with a child is to have to be, you need like quantity, not just quality. Yeah. You need the quantity because relationships happen um, in the daily things of life and they, they, they can't be scheduled out. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, in the same way, I think prayer works the same way. I don't think you can say, well, I'm going to have this one intentional time of prayer and then it's going to become this normal relational thing yeah. uh, rather than say, I'm just going to keep doing it a lot. Yeah. You know, it's not fake to do that. It's saying if I don't make time for it, it won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's it's also akin to like, it would be kind of ridiculous to say, you know, I'm going to have 30 minutes where I talk to my wife in the morning and then we're not going to chat the rest of the day. Like that's not really that great of a relationship probably. So um, I, I think in ways, at the same time, building in those habits where you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, like this is going to be a time where I am going, we're going to touch base. We are going to have that conversation because our, our lives are habitual. Um, I think that's one of the biggest struggles right now with the quarantine is just like, I know with our kids, like they're off the walls. And the reason is like, they're knocked out of their habit. And mm -hmm. I, even know, I know that like, even with e Hannah and, and myself, like a lot of the stress that we're feeling right now has probably more to, not even as much to do with like how our kids are behaving, but it's like, we even feel like we're out of our schedule in a lot of ways. And, um, I, I think you see that with people where it's like you saw more people out this weekend, like just outside walking than you ever see. And and you're always able to go outside. Well, we're all knocked out of our habits. And so now we're like, we can't go certain places and stuff. So let's do, you know, this other, these other things. And so we do need that habit in our life to kind of, um, habits show us what's important and, and they have a way of centering us back on what's important. And so, um, we, we need the, it's kind of like a both and there, there need to be habits and yet the relationship with God goes well beyond scheduled times of 
we do this here and now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, um, I think another, another important aspect of seeking God's wisdom and, and using prayer to do it, which is what James is talking about is, uh, so in one hand, there is the like making prayer happen. Uh, on the other, there is the seeking to understand, mm. like saying, okay, how is God going to give me his wisdom? And for most of us, the experience is not that God speaks to you in an audible voice in your ear. And it's also not, I think it can be arrogant to assume that he's going to just, if you pray about it, then whatever seems to make sense to me is God's wisdom. Mm. Like I asked, so now he's just going to, boom, yeah. it's there. Wow, yeah. this is it. It feels yeah. amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think that the way that you seek God's wisdom primarily is through the word. Mm -hmm. And rarely do we seek, like, do we do we find ourselves searching through God's word for answers? And it's not an instruction book that says, when this happens, do this. When mm -hmm. this happens, do this. Here's what Jesus thinks about uh, middle schoolers dating or whatever. I mean, I can pretty much guarantee you what he would say. He'd be like, when are you getting married? Because I think people got married when they were like 12 back then. I don't know. No, uh, that's my middle school joke of the day. Um, but he definitely, like the Bible doesn't work that way with advice. Yeah. But still, uh, to actually go to the Bible and say, you know, well, what is the biblical way to handle this situation? What is wisdom according to the Bible? Um. I think that's a crucial step. You pray and ask God to give it to you, the understanding, and then you say, I'm going to expect to see in his word. And then even if you're facing different options or possibilities, you can say, is is what I'm facing contrary to something God says in his word? Yeah. A lot of times the Bible is used to rule out negative stuff. Yes. Um, rather than to say specifically, you should do this thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think another, something that has helped me when it comes to prayer is um and this is really actually so this can be this can be a pretty hard line to walk um what i find is that i'm less comfortable praying with other people mm -hmm. um i i i think most of us are but i'm less likely to pray when i'm on my own so when i'm alone i'm not as likely to pray there's no accountability whatsoever in it uh when i'm with other people i'm thinking about what i'm saying and I'm less likely to be totally maybe real yeah. or whatever. Um, what I have learned from Dave, Dave, Pastor Dave is a very faithful prayer. He is like, he's the guy who's just, you know, he's prayed about the thing yeah. more than he's talked about it. Yeah. And uh, the way that Dave has made prayer a priority in his life has been he sets up a lot of times with other people to pray. You know, he used to pray with Brent Burson every Friday morning, prays with Wayne every morning, most most mornings, uh, like physically they get together, they pray before they start their day. And you would think like of all the things that two people have to get up, drive somewhere, meet and pray before they go start their day, like why would it be prayer, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, it's the accountability. And I asked him one time, you know, how does it work? Do you pray much on your own? And he said, no, I still struggle to pray a lot on my own. It's when I'm with Wayne. It's when I'm with these other people that I carve out time for. It's why we, as pastors, about a month ago, said that we were going to start trying to pray every single day. At some point, we would find a time when we're all in the building and say, "Hey, we start. We send texts to each other and say, can you guys all pray in five minutes? Can we meet somewhere and pray?' Now we have to do it in like the sanctuary, so we can be <laughs> six feet apart. 
But um, we'll just send carrier pigeon prayers to each other. Yeah, but it is true. I think that you know, I mean, if you do have someone involved in trying to pray with you, you're more likely to do it. Yeah. Even if you feel like the prayers are less natural. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's some advice from what we've seen. Yeah. Um. So. I think that is it for our podcast this week. Uh, we are wrapping up our series on James, which has been incredible, but we God gave us quite a curveball at the end here with uh, the circumstances of life completely changing. And I think it's made everything pretty surreal right now. Yeah. It almost doesn't feel like just a, it's hard to even think about a sermon series as its own thing. Yeah. Because everything right now is just what's been happening the last few weeks. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody that we, everything that you do read indicates, indicates it's going to get worse. Things are going to get harder. People are going to start to get sick. And I think a lot of what the church focuses on is going to shift from how do we do church far apart from how do we care for each other when we're suffering? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we know as pastors is, um, sometimes it's really hard to, um, find effective ways to care for other people, Yeah, you know, yeah. um, because it's just, it's, it's, uh, people's needs are all very different, unique. People have a hard time communicating them. So hopefully we can do that. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think to, yeah, right now the focus has been, how do we get church online where even some of that will probably even as more needs present themselves some of like what we've been doing to be, you know, keep certain things going. We'll even take a back seat to just how are we able to care and love for people around us that are hurting and in, in desperate need. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I want to thank my, um, my sidekick, Matthew, once again, glad to be here as always. Um, and, uh, I want to thank myself. Um, we, um, we do not have anyone in the booth this week. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin has graciously, like, and and to say graciously is an understatement. Yeah. Caitlin yeah. has graciously taken a, a furlough period because since we've stopped doing church here physically and we have kind of shut things down, it's affected a lot of our support staff. So looking forward to starting a new series this Sunday on Acts. We have been very eagerly anticipating this series for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is going to be really good stuff. And, um, so we're going to be kicking that off and then we're going to be doing a podcast. I expect there may be a lot more history in the podcasts Mm, because, um, there will be, it'll be a challenge to communicate almost a full chapter a week. Yeah. There'll be a lot of historical context that we can dig into and further explore. That'll be fun. So I'm excited to sit down and read Acts. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. I think it'll be... <laughs> People have been telling you for a while you need to get into it. Yeah. So, yeah. I really, I really, I think God helped them. <laughs> that would actually be a great series title. So maybe we'll change it from Acts of the Apostles to Acts. God help them. <laughs> God help us all. All right. Well, until next time, uh, shalom. Shalom.